0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to economics. Today, we have another session of the popular investor interviews. These sessions, I started them because I wanted to grab the top performers I could find on the eToro platform and sit down with them to have a conversation. The eToro platform, if you don't know it, is the world's largest social trading platform with over 25 million users worldwide. So let's get to it. Today's conversation is with Ingvar Ruckerman, all the way from Sweden and with over 4,700 followers and a thousand copiers in it since 2020. Very excited for this conversation. So let's get right to it. Thank you very much for doing this, uh, for being part of of this uh, series of interviews, your portfolio. And I have it open here to uh, be able to uh, talk about the assets, specific assets that you own is super interesting. Most of uh, the companies are not the typical top three uh, choices that you see in most uh, portfolios. The the top three high-performing stocks of the S&P, for example. They're not part and you've given returns uh, the same or better than the market, which is amazing. So I want to start at first a little bit about yourself, your background and how you got into eToto.
1: Very good, yes. Thanks a lot for the intro. So my, my name is Ingvar, and as you just mentioned, I'm a popular investor on eToro. I am a popular investor, I think, since March last year, March 2021. Um, although I've been using the platform before, since, uh, since about August 2020. And a little bit of background about myself, I'm originally from Germany. Um, although if I look back at the last decade, I've really spent the better part of that time abroad. So I've really only lived in Germany for three years during the last 10 years. Um, that is mainly because I studied in the Netherlands for about four years. That was uh, with a focus on business administration and with a master's in strategic management. Then afterwards, my job took me indeed to Germany for three years. And in 2017, I did move to Stockholm in Sweden. Which is where I'm currently at, and also planning to stay.
0: Nice, nice. And how? Uh, so you started a, a business. Your focus was on business, and you discovered Itoro. And first, you were not, as everybody starts, not as a PI. But then, uh, did you already knew that you had a knack for stock picking? Like, was your plan to be a, uh, was to be a PI at some point, or it just happened and you started uh, growing with Itoro?
1: Yeah, I should probably mention that I decided about two and a half years ago to uh, focus on trading and investing full time. So I, I left my job and did indeed uh, do, do trading and trading and investing from that on, um, simply because before in the time when I was working in my, in my job at the time, I was already privately very much invested in the financial markets. And uh, that only increased over time. And I felt, OK, this is now the time to, to actually do this move. So there was already, let's say, somewhat of a of a base interest and I guess also base confidence to to start and uh, start investing. And then indeed, I figured at some point, okay, this looks very interesting here on Etoro, and uh, I like the aspect that you can run a portfolio and share it, share it with other people as well, that I found very intriguing. And then I figured, okay, I'm just going to give this a try. I started, and now we are
0: here. And you've only had two red months in since in your whole record, which is very impressive, and you've grown to 451 copiers. What type of uh, responsibility does this add to your way of trading or investing?
1: Yeah, first of all, I'm extremely honored and also humbled by, by the growth, especially in the last couple of weeks in terms of uh, people who decided to follow and people who also decided to copy the portfolio. So that is really, um, uh, uh, it's, it's a great statement and I, and I take it very seriously. Um, I think what people realized is that there were two years of consistently good performance. I think that is something which, which became quite obvious, uh, especially towards the end of December. That is, I have to say, on the one hand, for sure, also due to the markets being generally uh, quite kind to, to most equity investors in 2021, if I can say it like this. Um, what I personally found very interesting is though how the portfolio also reacted throughout the year. Um, you mentioned before that there were only, uh, only two red months in 2021, which is uh, ob- obviously a, a nice thing to have. Um, but what I felt during the time is that, of course, during summer, there was a period when, when the portfolio was not performing as strongly as, for example, the S&P or the Nasdaq. Um, to me, that is not very concerning, and it should not be concerning to anybody who is monitoring or even copying the portfolio, because uh, that is just normal in the financial markets. You, you, can't, you can't always be top performing. For me, it was important to see that the portfolio does what I expect it to do. And I, I know from the start, since my, my strategy is focused on value and uh, what you call GARP, the growth at a reasonable price. Um, since that is the strategy, it's, it, it kind of makes sense that it doesn't go up in line with the tech stocks in the Nasdaq, for example. So that is, that is something which I felt, let's say, during summer 2021, that the portfolio was not performing as strongly as those indices. However, now, of course, you're getting exactly the, re- re- the reverse with um, all the discussions going on towards uh, interest rate increases, especially in the U.S., you see exactly the opposite taking place, uh, Taking place that essentially the um, highly valued stocks, which are at the moment uh, tech stocks mostly, that they are getting more under pressure and that the value segment is picking up again.
0: Yeah, it's, uh, I have to say, if you go through most uh, portfolios on eToro right now, 11 days, Starting of twenty twenty two, most are in red in January with reasonable, uh, reasonable excuse. The S and is down a lot. It hasn't been great, but yours is three point four percent up. Yes, which, <laughs> which is very good. And let's get back to uh, strategy. I'm very interesting because um, as I mentioned, your your the assets that you choose and you allocate capital to are not Apple, uh, Google, which are uh, very typical. You have a very interesting portfolio. So can, can you take us through your strategy? Is it fi- a fixed strategy? Uh, we know it's long term, but does it change uh, depending on, on news or it's just a fixed strategy?
1: Yeah. So the, the strategy is essentially stock picking based on, on values which seem promising. Um, and that I, I believe kind of by design are stocks which are which are not usually in the mainstream press, um, because it's really based on the on the fundamental research which is behind it, meaning really going in detail through the financials. And usually, um, just as a broad correlation, the, the way I see it, the, the more you see a stock in the let's say financial media or general media, the more potential there is for that stock to be uh, probably too expensive for for uh, at least compared to what I'm looking for. So I, I believe there is more potential in stocks which are completely overlooked in the market. Um, there might be hard reasons for why they are overlooked at a certain point in time. And that is where I believe it's important to indeed take this long term perspective, meaning actually investing for several years, not meaning that you stay in necessarily every stock for at least two or three years. That is not what I mean. The, the meaning is rather that you adopt this long-term view that okay you need to do, you, you need to have a clear investment case saying okay I believe that stock should be worth more if x y and z happen over the over the next uh, period of time whatever that may be um, and then also following through with it meaning not getting intimidated by potentially negative headlines over the next three six 12 months which whichever that may be So I believe mm-hmm. it's very important really to look at the at the fundamental value, It's not always easy and it's uh, it's also not always easy to go through these periods when for example there is bad news about certain things and you believe oh i should sell everything yeah so that is really it it takes a bit of stamina as well but that's why i believe uh, it on the other hand it also gives you a bit of a peace of mind when you know okay i can probably sit through this period of volatility because my goal is a bit more into the future gives you sometimes peace of mind
0: that reminds me of, I don't know which investor said this, but they said the most important organ in investing is the stomach, not the brain. Yes. It's knowing that it happens, you cannot go with the flow. You have Very to true. stick to a strategy. Exactly. And I have a question about your strategy because I, I I saw that you have uh twenty over 20% in the uh, reserves in cash in your portfolio is that because you're expecting volatility and you want to and you want to take advantage when it goes down or is that on purpose or you usually have a a quarter uh, of your capital in in reserves or or not
1: it's it's essentially um a, a bit of a buffer in in order to exploit opportunities if they come along the way as as you know it's always it's 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 virtually impossible to predict when something will happen in the markets um the only thing you can be reasonably sure about is that there will be volatility at some point in time and uh, and then you should have some some cash ready first of all to kind of uh, soften the the blow a little bit and then also to be able to actually capitalize on those opportunities because if there is a market sell off then also your other positions are in red and then you don't want to sell them to free up cash right
0: interesting good and it's especially good because when you have copiers and they copy you they also have that res- reserve no exactly so they can no. use it when you use it they'll use it as well uh, assets i see that you see uh, that you basically buy uh, equities stocks i don't see crypto a lot of people uh, trade crypto or investing crypto in in total or commodities or forex you're pure uh, stocks but i see you have exposure to other things can you elaborate exactly. on
1: that yes um indeed i i like to keep it simple and i think that's that's also something which is good for people people on the investing side so indeed the the portfolio is only focused on stocks so you will not see futures commodities or crypto in there that that will not happen um however what does happen what has also already happened and is currently the case is that i am investing in companies which uh, which have their business for example in commodities so that is something which applies equally to crypto if there is a company which is attractive and has their business in crypto that is something which could go into the portfolio as well although at the moment i have to say that already i don't see i don't see a particular company which would fit into that category
0: okay and uh, do you uh, invest in crypto on, on, on outside of Vitor or you uh, avoid uh, uh, crypto completely? I,
1: I find it very interesting. I find crypto extremely interesting, and um, I, I think I'm somewhat of a naturally curious person. So already a couple of years ago, when crypto was a little bit less in the in the in the open eye, I already started to uh, to read books about it and try to educate myself on what's really behind it. Um, so I am very interested in, in, the, in the blockchain technology as a, as a general, general application, that's what I would call it. And I have um, a, a small allocation to crypto as a sector as well on the private side, and I think that is maybe something which we can take another day.
0: Yes. No, most, um, most PIs also have um, uh, their total portfolio and then uh, portfolios on the side of, of either or more volatile or more futuristic assets or, or crypto or any other stuff. And it's good because uh, not everything has to remain on the same strategy. So here you have 400, almost 500 people. So I understand you keep it to the strategy. Now, I have a question before we continue about a specific asset in your portfolio that I found fascinating. It's one that I'm guessing it's your exposure to commodities and mining. And it's uh, valid, the Brazilian company that you have. And they have a, a yield of 18.25 percent in dividend, according to uh, Etoro. And in in jointly with all your assets, you have an estimated dividend yield in your portfolio of 3.28 percent. That's a, that's uh is that on purpose that you want to have a dividend uh, from your portfolio, or it just happens because you love the companies and they just happen to have a, a good dividend. In the case of of the Brazilian one, which is very very high,
1: um, it's 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 rather the the, the latter one. Um, okay. I I would question, on a side note, the 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 eighteen percent figure for for the dividend yield. I don't think that's realistic. Um, it's 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 usually a bit more in line with us mining companies for um, whatever the commodity prices are at the moment. And I think that might be something from the strong commodity prices last year that they're taking the last twelve months earnings. And therefore, the dividend yield might be, I, I, I wouldn't vouch I wouldn't yeah. for it, but I think the, the figure might be inflated, the, the, the 18%. So I think it will be a little bit lower. Either way, if you look at it uh, on, the, uh, on, on the portfolio in general, it's, it's not a dividend strategy. So the, the main purpose is not to generate dividends. Um, I find that interesting as well. I think it's a, it's a viable strategy, but it's not the focus of the, of the strategy which I'm running on eToro. Uh, so the 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 three percent, three point two percent for the portfolio in terms of dividend yield, that that sounds about right, um, and it's it's nice to have for sure. It's always good to have some some cash flow during the year, which you can then also take in order to to reinvest it into into other titles. Yeah. Um, but it's but it's really more of a side product um, from the companies which which I'm invested in because I really believe that the the main value lies in the stock value appreciation over time.
0: Nice, even better. And yes, when you say uh, uh, with Vale, I assume also uh, that it's extraordinary dividends with uh, the whole commodities prices in 2021. So it happens sometimes with the total that they calculated and they exactly no. they don't explain exactly that in the future it's not the stable dividend. Yeah, exactly.
1: It's it's actually the case with most of these standard financial um, financial um, let's say analysis tools. They they usually have the same.
0: Yeah. Um, Long-term uh, goals with eToro, uh, or investing in general?
1: I think uh, a pretty generic goal, which maybe many people in the, in the, in the world share. I, I think though it's also here very important to, to keep it simple. Um, what, what my goal is to deliver strong long-term returns, which are above the main benchmarks in Europe and the United States. And to, to do that without taking any unnecessary risks. Yeah,
0: your risk profile is quite low. It's very low. If it's a three, um, yeah, a three, which is extraordinarily low, and and now it brings me to uh, one of the questions that I'm most interested about: your research and tools that you use. Because um, we've all done it. There's uh, dozens of thousands of, of stocks and assets, and you have to choose which industry. Uh, or which company are you going to look for? How do you screen for them? And then how do you go and, and analyze them? Do you use uh, PE, PG, EV, EBITDA? What do you use? Or uh, the, the earnings that they publish. What do you use to, from deciding that you want to uh, invest in a company to finally uh, passing it through your filters and, and going ahead and investing?
1: That's really the key word, the, the filters, because in the end, especially especially if you're um, doing this by yourself, if you don't necessarily have a big company in your back which has a certain amount of resources, you really need to, to develop a framework as to how to screen the market, essentially. Um, I believe the first thing which is very helpful is to, to have a clear strategy to really know what you're looking for. Um, and then if, if I go a little bit more into the into the details, what, what I do is essentially I take the fundamental values. So I, I use a trading view to, to, put, uh, to put a name on it, which I find for myself very convenient uh, to basically have the price action and also all the fundamentals in one conveniently located place. Okay. So for me, that is very helpful. And I use that in order to essentially build up my first level of filtering, which is extracting a large amount of data and uh, also updating them on a usually quarterly basis. Um, and then I have certain criteria which I'm looking for in, in those stocks. And um, personally, I like to focus, for example, a lot, a lot on cash flow, which I guess makes sense in the end. In the end, you would usually need a discounted cash flow analysis to get to a reasonable conclusion. And uh, that's really where I start. And that that um, already kicks out a lot of a lot of companies where I say, okay, this is um, it. Might be an interesting company. It's a great company. But at least at the moment, at that price, it doesn't make sense for me because I don't see how they're going to create additional value um, in, in, over the next couple of years. So then you really already filter out, I would say, 60 to 80% of, uh, of the market simply because they're not really fitting the criteria which you're looking for. And then you're, you remain with the, with, 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 the, with the other 40% or whatever, whatever is left after the first filter. And then you can actually start to, to allocate the time to look a bit more in detail. And, and then that's basically a second layer of a filter where another couple of companies uh, just do not fit, at least not for the time being. So you create different lists and in the end you, you arrive at a relatively small subset where you can then really allocate much more time and also go into the, into the company financials, for example, from the annual reports, from the quarterly, quarterly reports or company presentations. Okay. And
0: uh, I'm seeing the stocks by geography, for example. And you're very diverse. Over 40% is in U.S. You have 15% in the U.K., Netherlands, Germany, France. So uh, I don't see uh, one in Brazil. You don't um, exclude uh, geographies, or maybe for uh, because of political instability, maybe China or Russian stocks, or do you? Uh, limit the first filter, you know, the, the the ones that you got. Okay, Chinese companies for now, no, because they're very volatile. Do you do that type of, um, of limiting at first? This first filter, or it doesn't matter where the company comes from uh, at all.
1: On a on a general level, I feel more confident investing in companies which are headqu- or which are headquartered and listed usually in uh, in the developed markets. I I believe there is uh, simply the financial markets are usually more developed, let's say in Europe and in the United States. And you also see that to a certain degree in the market capitalization. Those are simply the the biggest pools of, of market capitalization. And for me that's important because um, as I mentioned before, I really like to go into the depths of the of the company financials. And in order for that, for these things to be reliable, you need good frameworks around it, meaning uh, a s- a stable economies usually that is that is what you're looking for. Um, So in that sense, there is no, I would not say that I focus particularly or that I exclude any region in particular, but at the moment, if you look at the portfolio simply to the way the strategy is set up, there is indeed uh, a focus rather on European stocks and on uh, US stocks.
0: And that would have been great for me last year because I had too much exposure to China and that wasn't very good, but hopefully this year will get better, but that's just my problem. (laughs) We shall see. talking about itoro uh, for a second uh, do you have anything that you would like itoro to improve on do you have anything that you think itoro should uh, change
1: I've, I've been with itoro now as I mentioned since August 2020 and since then I really have uh, I, I have perceived it in a, in a very um, in a very good way that things have really happened and things are it's, it's a growing it's a growing company and and you feel that things are really being tackled one by one as, as they always are. Yeah. Personally, when when I started um, investing in the in, in the in the platform, um, I had a couple of questions, so I needed to, of course, uh, go back and forth with cust- with customer service, and it was not always easy to get a clear answer. And I felt at that time that also other people had uh, had voiced uh, had voiced similar concerns or had had similar questions which were not answered. And I'm very happy that they also, in my perception, really upgraded that. So I think they were probably just understaffed at that point in time, and that is something which which has improved. And there is obviously always a next iteration of where you can go. So if they can if they can continue on the path which they're on, I think it's a, it's a very good offer for everybody who's involved.
0: Okay, what to continue back into investing? Let's leave Itoro in the back for a sec. Favorite trade of the last twelve months?
1: Yes, it, it, on a general basis, I'm I'm very happy as long as the portfolio performs well. I, th- I think it's always you need to strike a bit the balance of uh, not getting getting too much invested in one single trade otherwise your decision making might be a little bit impaired but of course especially now when you're looking back, back at the past year you think about okay what what stocks did i actually invest in, in during the last year and how did the, how did these trades play out and uh, and one which came to mind was indeed one trade which uh, which played out very nicely last year um that was uh, Avast, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. it's a it's a cy- cybersecurity company from the Czech Republic, which is listed um, in London. And um, I had done my analysis on the company and decided then in the beginning of last year to invest over uh, to invest in several positions to 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 build the total position in the company. Um, then of course, basically aiming to reach what I calculated to be the fair value af- after a certain amount of time. Um, and then it got interesting in summer because they got a, a takeover, or let's say a merger merger offer from uh, Norton LifeLock, a, a company in the same industry from the US. And um, that that offer came essentially to pretty much exactly the fair value which I had previously calculated for the company. So, of course, uh, on the one hand, you're quite happy about making a nice gain. That is that is usually a nice premium for, for these kind of deals. But on the other hand, on a personal level, I found it uh, quite satisfying to see that uh, apparently the acquiring or the suggesti- suggesting company with their team of uh, investment bankers came to the same fair value which i had previously calculated
0: nice nice uh, that's that's one of the nice things about investing is uh, calculating and then seeing that you did a good job that you uh, didn't um, that you didn't put into the paper or the software your own biases and, and exactly. other people's and, and it's very good when you're when it's clear and it happens correctly yes. like it did with avast very nice and uh, how do you see markets in the next 12, 24 months?
1: Yeah, I, I guess we are all somewhat uh, cu- colored by the same financial media. and in, in the end, the, the, the topics are um, largely the same, understandably. So you won't be surprised that I guess the, the, the first most important topic is indeed inflation. And that is, um, in fact, a, a global topic. I believe it's, it's relevant for, for many countries in the world, if not uh, most of them um however this year will be particularly relevant for for the united states as well and uh, without a doubt that uh, the federal reserve is, is is quite uh important for the rest of the world to look at as well so i believe that is um, that is something which definitely needs to be monitored and obviously we can also see parts of that already playing out in the in the early weeks of of, of this year what we previously also discussed briefly that there seems to be, at the moment, due to the expected rate rate hikes, um, a bit more pressure on high multiple stocks.
0: Assets and industries that uh, you're looking... Uh, we know that the, the world is going to be a little bit of a hectic place uh, for the next quarters. Uh, but are there any industries that you're looking for um, opportunities there or maybe specific assets that you're studying... Uh, that you're
1: thinking about investing in? yeah, uh, overall, you get a a pretty good uh, view into my into my mindset uh, simply by looking at the at the portfolio allocation which I have right now. And um, one of the biggest positions which I have right now is is in utilities, and that is uh, also for a reason, um, because I believe especially in the environment which we are facing this year um is especially in combination with the with with the with the interest rate hikes which we are facing in the states and in other places around the world um i believe that a slightly more defensive tilt um, could actually make sense and therefore utilities might be on the on the benefiting benefiting side this year okay and um yeah sorry if you
0: and uh utilities and do you um you consider expanding because i i noticed that you're you have 15 assets is that a hard line there or you go up to 17 20 or go back like uh, do you like to add on your own positions or would you add other positions in other assets
1: yeah there, there is no hard
0: limit on the the number
1: of stocks. It really depends on if if I see if I see say twenty thirty good opportunities and they and they are all expected to produce uh, similar returns within a, within a given amount of time, then then I will also allocate to twenty or thirty stocks. Usually, I, I would not go above that because then I think the 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 diversification effect is simply not there anymore. But obviously currently with my with the fifteen stocks, I'm still quite far away from my say upper bound of thirty stocks. <laughs> um, and then for the rest, I, r- I really um, obviously invest in the in the names which I believe there is potential for for and for a certain number of reasons. Um, and on the other end, I still want to make sure that I also have a reasonable cash allocation, which I can then use for potential future future opportunities.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, in that sense, really no no strong commitment to number of stocks. Uh, it's really based on the perceived uh, return. Over okay. the, usually the next twelve to thirty-six months.
0: Something that I find interesting is that a lot of the best uh, capital allocators that I in value investing that I follow uh, have a very con- concentrated portfolio. They have between ten and very rarely you see over twenty-five uh, assets. A concentrated portfolio is usually uh, a, a good sign that the person is doing their their due diligence on each i
1: i fully agree in in the end you especially when 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 you're doing this as a let's say one man operation right then you only have so much time anyway to to uh, to look after stocks that that does not mean that you are compromising anything but of course you're doing diligent research on on a couple of of stocks and then you are really relatively certain that it's going to turn out well so that that then leads to a certain concentration of course you always need to balance that as well with uh, with some some degree of diversification i would for example I I would try to not have too few stocks either. For example, if you're, let's say, between five and ten stocks, I believe there is just a bit of the question if the diversification is really still there.
0: Yeah, you have to be very, very confident.
1: Exactly. (laughs) So really, the current current allocation in in my portfolio, I feel quite confident that it is uh, good for the time being. Not saying that it's not going to change in the future. It's obviously a little bit variable as
0: well regarding the
1: macroeconomics.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I agree with you completely. The other day I read the story of uh, Robert Vinay. He's a fund manager based in Zurich. Mm. And uh, he manages his phone himself, much like a PI in Itoro, but he does it uh, outside of Itoro. And uh, he has been doing around 17% for 13 years straight. And only with 9 to 10 stocks. And, um...
1: Yes, 17%, just on, on that note, it's it's really quite respectable. I think that's that's um, frankly something which is very interesting also now and going forward, because especially people who have maybe joined, let's say, over the last three years in the markets, um, inevitably, even if you know better, uh, inevitably your mind tells you that 20% plus is normal for a year, right? Which uh, yeah. historically it's not. We I guess we both know that, and the, yeah. the S&P, if we take that as a benchmark, has traditionally let's say the KGAR over the last 30-50 uh, years depending on, on where you start has been somewhere 10 or 11 percent and that is indeed something then which uh, is probably more to be expected going forward.
0: And before we finish, uh, any recommendation uh, on if somebody's interested in picking stock uh, stocks the way you do or learning a little bit more about the stock market to be able to at some point Structure their portfolio the way you have and be confident in their in their allocation. What would you recommend for them?
1: Um, I think in, in general, um, it's it's good to get involved first of all in the markets. Uh, that, that is that is really the first step because I believe it's also quite the quite the personal question as to which kind of investment style is more for you. And and that is really something which only everybody can answer for themselves. So I think it's really important for people if they have the possibility to get involved in the markets and uh, I think it can be quite uh, quite nice on eToro to be honest because there is a multitude of different strategies and you actually do have also the possibility to contact people more or less directly and also figure out if something is for you and um, if say after one or two years you believe okay I'm a growth investor I like all these all these great stories about what can happen in the future um, that is great, yeah. Um, doesn't mean, however, that your strategy cannot change over time because people are also developing by themselves. And then after a couple of years, they might find, okay, growth was good for a couple of years, but now I'm actually a little bit more interested in the financial part of things. And um, not saying that growth is not financially justifiable, but um, people might have a, more of a knack for really, like like me for example, digging li- really a little bit more into the into the figures and trying to find the value, simply because it's something which they started to like. So I really think it's good for people to explore by themselves and hopefully then of course with feedback from from people around them to explore what is appropriate for first of all my life situation, what, what do I want to reach in terms of investing right now and what do I also like for the long term.
0: You have 451 copiers and already 2,232 followers. What would you say to them?
1: first of all welcome and thank you for the trust thank you for the interest i think it's really fantastic to see so so many people following and and or copying um as a general advice in investing i think it's always good to remind people to invest responsibly and invest for the long term meaning take take an attitude towards several years of investing and also be curious if you want to be curious and try to try to educate yourself ask questions that's usually the best approach
0: Nice, nice. Well, thank you very much. i uh, very happy you uh, had the time to do this. I really appreciate uh, you uh, participating in this series of interviews. And again, I love your portfolio, and I think you're going to do wonderful. Thank Edith you
1: very much. Appreciate the time. Thanks for making this happen. Really great.
0: My pleasure.